Hola, and welcome to Latino Book Chat. I am your host, Cristian Meneses Jacobs. We invite you to participate in our conversations with Latino authors, illustrators, and others who share their insights into the book publishing industry. Edwin Fontanes is an award-winning artist, author, illustrator, poet, and graphic designer. An artist from a very early age, his early successes began to hint as his eventual evolution into writing, when his ultimate transition from the painted canvas to painting images on the page with words finally materialized into a more challenging arena, writing for children. His original written work is fiercely personal, characterized by imagination, mysticism, and poetry infused with the unique creative force of his convictions. His inspiring books serve as a new and exciting presence in Latin American children's literature. One Last Song for My Father, a son's memoir, is his first nonfiction book. His book is a memoir that explores his relationship with his late father. He recounts his father's mental decline into dementia and his own journey of discovering and appreciating his father's artistic passion. Edwin also reflects on the cultural pressures that represent male emotions and the impact they had on his family dynamics. Latino Bookshop welcomes Edwin Fontanes. Thank you for chatting with us today. Hi, Christiane. I am excited Hi. to talk to you too. Oh, thank you. It's been a long time, huh? Yes, yes. <laughs> but it's also nice because you know something, I've known you for such a long time. I and know, right? It's like yes, ten or it, more years, I think. Yes, and we've been through this journey for many decades. <laughs> it's nice to, to be here with you and sharing with your audience. Yes, thank you. I I really appreciate you taking the time. So tell <laughs> me, what motivated you to write your memoir and share with your readers your journey with your father? Well, um, you know something? It was precisely at the beginning of the pandemic so I remember going through my files, looking for some inspiration or, or just simply something new to sink my teeth into. <laughs> something weird happened uh, after looking through my files, I happened to come by a journal, even though, you know, I write in many pieces of papers, not, not really <laughs> like, a, like a notebook. But the thing is that amazed me at the moment, at that time was, the amount of notes that I've accumulated from all my trips to Puerto Rico. And there I would like to capture the moment of me being back in the island and seeing my family and being in familiar surroundings. That started, I would say, approximately like in the 90s, even after I go through them. And then I start to notice a new pattern. And that was... The, the moment when I started to document my father's dementia signals, I have documented pretty much on every visit, every aspect of his behavior, his appearance. And it just, I just suddenly, suddenly realized that I had a book. And um, so the thing is like writing a memoir, it's something so personal. Mm -hmm. and yeah. This is my first nonfiction book. I had to keep aware of the fact that writing a memoir is not like writing a children's book. Writing a memoir, you have to 
to throw punches and the hardest one you throw is at yourself. Yeah. So I, so I have to ask myself if I was really willing to, to do that and not just for the sake of me, it's just for the sake of my subject, which is my, my father. It's a very fine line between being observational and being um, judgmental. So that's the kind of thing that you have to avoid. And in my case, I wanted to be very careful of what I say, because like I said, it is fine line. When I was um, starting to write, it was very cathartic. The process forced me to go back into my life. And it was kind of a joyful also in a way, because it's, it's, there's so many moments of beauty. And, and even in my, in my younger years, adolescent years, there was a lot of, of pain growing up and seeing the dynamic and because my father was a, a functional alcoholic mm -hmm. and just just a position of his behavior inebriated man against being a, a sober man and a hard worker so it was like very confusing so but something that that anybody who ever knew him would tell you is like he was so charming and so funny and it's like he would have two persona two different personalities you know so the thing is in, in my uh, adult years I, I wanted to to kind of re-examine his life and do it from an ad adult point of view you know and, mm. and be fair and but be honest so that's why the book came about yeah because I think children we see our parents with like rosy eye you know and Right, see right. Them differently as like the way you would see them as an adult, yeah. Yeah, well, but in my case with my father, he was um, very confounding because I loved him and I knew he loved me in some way. But you know that our uh, Latino culture, at least in those years, I mean, he was a, a, a product of the, the 40s and 50s. And you know that in our culture, male uh, relationships are not that open, or at least they, you know, you 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 were careful to not demonstrate too much affection because that could be misconstrued as some weaker character, mm -hmm. if you know what. I mean. Yeah. So th that was some tinges of that in our relationship, and even though I I had my doubts. Um, growing up, but underlined all was uh, was my love for him. In the book, we learned that your father was an artist. So I was wondering how did his music and wood carving influence you, your own artistic development and career choices? Well, you know something, I, I think that that was my own uh, qualification for him. He wasn't per se an artist. I, I, I call him an artist because he was a teen man a, in Spanish, ojalatero. You know, he works on, on cars, building them up and reconstructing them. So the reason that I call him now an artist is because back then I wasn't aware or didn't properly recognize the ability and the talent that it, it took to, to reconstruct a, a car. And he would, it was an incredibly physical kind of work, did it all by himself. Wow, he, that's amazing. 
it, it is amazing. Now that I look at that, it, mm -hmm. it, it just gave me a, a new respect for him, you know, because it was not only the physical act, it required uh, arithmetic. You know, he had to measure, he had to cut, he had to plan and, you know, constructed the curves. It was definitely an art form. So, but the other thing that in, in the part of the music, that was just part of his social life. He loved music, even from an, an early age. And it was funny because um, it, it was during the, my research, during the book that I discovered that my grandfather or his father uh, used to play the guitar. You know, I love that in your book, you use different forms of writing. You go into personal narrative, you do journal entries, poetry, artwork, and use all of this to express your emotions and memories. How do you decide to incorporate them all in your book, in your narrative? Because I think it's very well done. I think it works really well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know something, as I said, when uh, I decided to write about him, I also have to be, I mean, his life wasn't obviously in isolation. It was about my relationship with him. How was his life as I observed it, as I perceived it? Also, I kind of infuse the, me the memoir with my with my life, you know, I've been an artist all my life. And uh, even since, since I was six years old, and I remember my grandmother used to, to have fits of rage because when we moved, when she moved certain pieces of furniture, she would discover like a lot of drawings and from, from me. So even it was inconvenient for her, but that was signs that I was becoming an artist. But, <laughs> Ever since then, so I, I have experienced, I have the opportunity to, to experiment with every aspect of, of art. So the thing was, was for, for, for me, this is one of my seminal works when I put all my expertise, all my, my passion into this memoir, besides to honor the, the memory of my father. So... I also wanted the reader to see myself in the context of his life in, in, within our relationship. I like how you use also some images in your work. So I was wondering, how do you choose those images that accompany your writing? Well, you know something, is it, it, it was like um, this book came about, it was just like it was waiting for its time. Because as the photographs that you see are back from 1975, um, a year before I left for the States. Those images that, that I took, I, I was by then in, in my photography class, I never took seriously because I thought I would never be a good photographer. After I rediscovered them, it's like a treasure trove of family. So it was so, so wonderful that those are the pictures back then that I use in the book. And some of them are paintings, of course. Yeah, I thought they were wonderful. I'm like, oh, this, they fit really well with the narrative. Thank yeah, you. Thank I like you. that, yeah. <laughs> so we also learned that your father started suffering of dementia. 
Right. So I was wondering how did that affect your relationship with him and your perception of him as a person? We never saw signs of the, the disease, but we did um, notice a change in his personality. I mean, he was always a, a, a man that he was very active. And like I said, he was, he liked to gamble. He liked to drink. He liked <laughs> music. When he decided to close his workshop, that was like a clear sign for us. That was the beginning of the end. And, and then he became very, very quiet. And the only thing that, that we noticed a pattern was that he would sit in his rocking chair in the, in the, in the balcony. And even under a scorching sun, he would sit there for hours and he was like, like humming a melody that we don't know what it was, but it's something that he filled his mind or, or his time. So punching the God, um, that experience was the moment that when I went back home and he didn't recognize me. And uh, I said, I'm Edwin, your son. And he goes like, Edwin, my son. And that was like an awakening moment. It was like the moment that I said there was no turn back. So from that moment on, I, I, I was trying to, to figure out, to see how can a, a living being can survive without his memory, without his history. Just, just imagine just a, an empty mind that has no recollections of anything that's going around. So and the only thing is was that melody that he never, never <laughs> let go, you know, and, and, and the clapping of his hands. So for me, it was like something so disheartening because there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can uh, devise to, to help him uh, regain those memories, even though, you know, you, I would ask him about people and about situations or his past and he wouldn't. So for me, it was like a, 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 a very rude awakening. And so the thing is that just because the, the dementia, I assume also that his, that was why his demeanor changed. You know, he became a very a submissive person, very quiet and, and um, just, just a ghost of himself, basically. That is absolutely heartbreaking. And, and as I was reading those part of the book, I was just crying. I was so sad. I was like, no. Mm -hmm. And I can identify with that because my father had dementia too. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, my father uh, passed away a few years ago from a different problem. Right. In not dementia. So, but yeah, I, I remember how he would forget who he was or about his life. Yeah. And, you know, for those of us who live it, it's so heartbreaking. Like, how could this be? And, it's, and the person is not the same person you remember. 
Exactly. So yeah. then, then you understand that feeling of helplessness because you, mm-hmm. you don't know what to do. And even though it's not something you can do about, you still think about ways of triggering their, their memory. And it's just heartbreaking. So yeah, I can relate to, to your story about your father. And, and yeah, sometimes they do repetitive behaviors and it's heartbreaking. So I can definitely identify with that. What are some of the lessons and values that you learned from your dad uh, from putting together his life story when you were working on this book? Well, you know something, it's just the thing that kind of breaks my heart every time I think about it. It's like the lost time, you know, because even in in, in adulthood, uh, my our relationship got more uh, profound. And, jo- and, and Mia, as an adult man, um, thinking like, or, or wishing that in, in our later years, we'll be able to sit down in the balcony and talk about our life, about my work. And, and I was robbed of all that, you know? So I'm just left just with, with a void of what could have been and, and, and the time that, that we lost. And also, there's also an issue just because um, I came very early from Puerto Rico, very young, I should say. So even though I visit them mostly yearly, they're still like, I wish that I spent even more time with them. So that is time that is also lost. So I think by by acknowledging his value in my life and, and the value of his own life, and just to, if not him, at least let the world know that I love him. And in spite of our differences, I never stop loving him. So I know that you chose a section of your book to read. So tell us about what you chose. Well, the book, as you know, it closes with a poem that I dedicated to him. And it was just recapping my memories of him, watching him, even though I was in a rage. (laughs) But regardless, I would observe his demeanor, the change of personality, what he was singing with his friends, and he would be totally transported to to another world. So I could see the, the, the love of music that he had. So I wanted to capture that in, in the poem that I wrote for him, Metamorphosis. So it goes like this. In the distance, he sways to the words of a familiar. Closing his eyes, he follows the sun of strumming stars. The slightly dissonant rhythm of his unstrained voice follows his seasoned counterparts. Deep beyond, his spirit is there with the stars. He sings, and my heart breaks a little. His lips in music conjure nightingales in the morning. When he sings, he feels transported. The roasted path of his song, as rugged as the red clay path of his youth, leads him home. Melody lifts him. His clapping hands lay, and the music paves his last heavenly path. You know, that poem makes me think of him as a free spirit. He was. Um, I think you put it succinctly. That is 
well, description for him. He was a free spirit caught in the dynamic of raising a family. <laughs> that was him and that was his life and that was his light. How do you hope your book will inspire other sons or daughters who have complex relationship with their parents? Well, you know something, there's always um, strange dynamics in every family in some degree or, or other. And the thing is that as we begin our life evolve, so our relationships evolve. The thing is that in my personal ex experience is like to find, to remember, forgive, and love. That is my, my ultimate experience, what I extracted from our life. So no matter what happens, there's always an un underlying surface of, of love. One way or another, you know, love finds its way. That's definitely true. So are you working on any new projects? I know, well, I know you're always working on something, Edwin. Well, <laughs> actually, I have a bit of news. Ooh, tell us. Yes, is I just got a grant to adapt it into a play. Really? Oh my yeah. God. Yes. That is such wonderful news. Well, you're the first one to, to know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so it was a, a, through a grant from the Kennedy Center, which, as you know, I just had a, a big exhibit there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, so for you'll be able to, to see it on, I mean, the result of the process in, in March. So I will send your invitation. <laughs> oh, wow. That is so wonderful. I'm so happy for you. Thank wow. you. Thank you. Yes, that is awesome. You're always working on so many different things. It's hard to keep up with you. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, it's my lifeline. I have to, my work is myself. And um, the thing is, it's a, it's a little bit lonesome because <laughs> I'm constantly in my studio. I'm surrounded by my animals. So, but that, that is my life. That is my life. My father's book, uh, One Last Song for My Father. And of course, it's also in Spanish. Um, La Ultima Canción para Mi Padre. Um, that is going to be for now to take a little break to dedicate to the adaptation of the book into a play. So the thing is, my plan for the play is just recreate his life, you know, with the music that, he's, that, that he loved. So it's going to, to contain also that part of him. Oh, I look forward to it. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks. The book is One Last Song for My Father, A Son's Memoirs, and the Spanish version, La Ultima Canción para Mi Padre, Memorias de un Hijo, by Edwin Fontanes. As a follower of Latino Book Chat Podcast, please consider leaving a positive review on your favorite streaming platform. Your support allows us to continue bringing to you the stories of our people told by amazing Latinx authors. Check out the books featured on the podcast at Nuestra Tienda at our online store at nicagal.com. A gal from Nicaragua, nicagal.com, N-I-C-A-G-A-L.com. Edwin Fontanes, Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Oh, thank you. Chat. It was a pleasure.
it's uh, uh, wonderful to catch up with you. And I am um, very excited to be able to reach your, your followers and we'll keep you posted. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank Please you. Let us know. <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at latinobookchat.com. Please subscribe on your favorite platform. Whatever you're listening to us today, please give us a positive review and as many stars as possible. Sharing the show will help it grow and continue to come to you. Thank you for your support. Hasta pronto. Latino Book Chat is a production of Nicagal Media. Today's episode was hosted, produced, and edited by Christian Meneses Jacobs.